Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our house. Hope you're all enjoying your time off in January and getting together in people's homes. Hope you're together with somebody today. I know that quite a few of our homes have been opened up in our church family around Melbourne. So make sure you're getting together with people and uh, worshipping together and, and studying the Word of God together because this is how we grow as disciples, all right? So anyway, welcome from my home to yours. And I want to talk to you this morning. I want to keep continue on uh, sort of along the thread of what we've been talking about the last few weeks as we've started this brand new year. And I want to talk about the principle of suffering, which isn't something you probably hear us talk about very often. But the title of my sermon, and yes, I'm going to do a brown today and I'm going to give you my title. It says, don't be afraid to suffer. Let's toughen up. I'm not quite as pastoral as Brahms' awesome titles, but that's mine for today. All right. So don't be afraid to, to suffer. Let's toughen up. And we'll go through it and we'll read through uh, some of the scriptures and we'll find out why we can do that and um, how important it is. So let's open up this morning to Romans 5 verses 2 and 3 and I'm going to read, read it out to you now. Through him we have also obtained faith, access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Wow. That doesn't really sound like our kind of, um, uh, what the sort of thing that we would discuss nowadays, does it? We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance, or perseverance, another word is, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So we realize here that we cannot be afraid of suffering. It's the lifeblood of good character. And whether we like it or not, we're going to go through these these situations in our lives that produce suffering. And we, God wants us to rejoice in those, in those moments because of the end product that, it will, uh, that will be as a result of that suffering. In John 8.44, we can see just what character actually means to God. And uh, this is Jesus speaking to some Jews who were challenging him. And he goes, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, listen to this, he speaks out of his own character. That was good. That bird just joined the church service. All right. When he lies, meaning the devil, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So we can see here that character is important. We can have a good character or we can have bad character. Last week I spoke to you on the art of waiting and uh, we realized that waiting in fact breeds really good character and waiting for God always involves the suffering of endurance or perseverance which is what it's also called in different versions of, the, of the, the, those particular scriptures that I read before um, which is inevitably is the testing of our faith. Now it's really important for us to realize at this moment that God never tempts us but he will test us. There is a difference. And it will be the testing of our choices in the midst of any given temptation. So you and I cannot be afraid to suffer. We have to toughen up and we have to learn how to make right choices. And once again, apply that principle that we've been saying as a bit of a thread through what we've been speaking on these last few weeks, discipling ourselves. Okay, so we need to learn how to make right choices in that area. James 1, 12 to 15 is incredible. It says here, 
Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, all right, so there's a difference between tempting, being tempted and being tested. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Now, any one of you who have done DMS, you almost know that last, those last two verses off by heart. And we call that the process of temptation to sin. Uh, let me say it again. But each one is tempted when he is lured or enticed or dragged away by his own evil desire. And then when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it is fully grown or fully mature, it actually brings forth or gives death into our lives. And it's kind of an oxymoron because normally you give birth to life, but this actually gives birth to death. So in other words, the dead places, the dead areas of our lives, even as believers. And that's what's so tragic. And that's why it's so important for us to disciple ourselves through every season of life that we go through. We saw in that, that verse before in John, 4, uh, sorry, John 8, verse 44, that the character of the devil was, was discussed and was actually exposed and revealed. And um, <clears throat> so when you and I respond badly with our own evil desires, we respond badly to temptations, we can't actually blame the devil for our character. Uh, what does our character reflect? It re well, the process of the temptation to sin reveals a lack of character if we go down that track. But, you know, we just read there that don't anyone ever say that when he's being tempted, I'm being tempted by God. No, we're not tempted by God. But we do get tested by God in the temptation. It's almost like a proving. It's like being put through the fire to make sure that what we have in us is gold, that all the junk and all the dross gets taken care of, gets dealt with and gets taken out, and what remains is gold. And that's what happens when you and I go through trials. And believe me, when we have a call on our lives, which all of us do as ministers, as people of God, as disciples of Jesus, there will be trials that you and I have to go through. There will be testings that we have to go through. And sometimes those things will be in the form of temptations. But those temptations didn't come from God. They came from uh, the devil himself. And, uh, and yet in the midst of the temptation, God will allow us to be tested. Will we make the right choices in those moments? So, in a sense, you and I... As disciples, as we go into this new year, 2021, as we enter this next phase of our lives, and with every new year, there's a new sense of excitement in a way of what does this year hold? It's, just, it's almost as if we can put the old behind us and say, all right, God, what have we got now in front of us? And we can, we can anticipate good things, but we need to determine to do everything God's way because character is everything, yeah? Brown preached on perspective is everything. Well, I also believe character is everything. And um, it's very, very powerful. You know, I was watching uh, some TV show. I can't even remember what it is anymore. Watched quite a few over, over the, the break. But 
there was a, a line in this particular show and I, and I stopped it, I paused it and I wrote down the line because anything like that, that stands out to me and I want to remember it. And it was somebody asking, what defines character? And this person in this show said, I think he was a lawyer, he said, integrity, courage and resilience. They are the things that, that, that define character. And then another thing that he said, this was a mentor uh, lawyer, um, as this other young lawyer was being accepted to the bar, and he was saying to him, character is not a product of circumstance. It's the thing that survives despite it. And that's what good character will be like, in spite of what you and I go through, in spite of the waiting that we talked about last week, in spite of the things that we have to struggle through. And we will struggle through things. That's called life. But good character will be formed in us. Because remember, we read at the beginning out of Romans 5, we rejoice in our sufferings. That's, that is literally like an oxymoron right there. Who wants to be happy about suffering? And yet that's the stance that Paul has as he's writing to this church in Rome. He's saying, we will rejoice in our sufferings because we know that when we suffer, it produces endurance. Yeah, it produces endurance and endurance produces character. And so that endurance or that perseverance is the is the is it's almost like the engine room. It's the it's the place of power as we're struggling. We push against that that area of trial and testing, and we learn to endure. We learn to persevere through applying the truth of the Word of God. And what happens as we do that? As we push through that pain, it produces character. And yet so many Christians are so terrified of suffering. And so many Christians worldwide have bought into the lie that somehow Christianity should be this amazing uh, life where everything is just wonderful. We're healthy, wealthy and wise. Well, a lot of Christians aren't healthy. A lot of them aren't wealthy. And a lot of them lack wisdom. So we need the Spirit of God. That These aren't the things that, that, uh, that, that make our lives amazing. Being healthy, wealthy and wise is not what's going to make our lives amazing. No, it's knowing Jesus. And it's allowing ourselves to go through the suffering of life and the suffering of trials. Not temptation, remember. No, it's the choices we make in the temptations that come along every day. Something will be presented to us. It's how we respond in the process of the temptation will we allow this trial of testing of our character will this this trial of endurance and perseverance will we continue to persevere and make the right choices to get us to that place of of amazing character because then there's hope on the other side of it you know it's it's uh, there's an amazing verse in mark chapter 9 verse 49 it says this for everyone will be salted with fire hmm Salt is good, but if the salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So that first phrase of that of verse 49, it says, For everyone will be salted with fire. That to me indicates the, the purification of God of his testing process in our lives, of bringing out the best in you and I. When we go through the fire, good things need to come out on the other side. And nobody can escape this. It says everyone will be salted with fire. 
So we can't look at somebody else and go, oh, why are we, suff- why are, are we suffering more than they? Why aren't they suffering as much as I? You don't know. We don't know. You don't know the mental torment that some people go through. You and I don't know the financial needs that people are, uh, are being tested in and, and going through trials in. You and I don't know the health uh, challenges that people have. We don't know the relationship issues. You could look at someone's life and think, oh, they've got everything. They've got the best this, the best that. But no, everyone will be salted with fire. And only God knows the challenges that each and every one of us are going through. But salt is good. And that's the amazing thing. When the fire of God comes and it's salting us and it's trying to put something strong, strong in us, it's trying to put character in us, the character of God. Why? So that we can become salt in, in, in the world around us and we can bless our neighbours, we can bless our communities, we can bless every single person in our workplace. We become people of, of courage, of integrity and people of resilience. That's what defines good character. Remember I said that before. And when we go through things, people will look at us and go, wow, that man or that woman, they have incredible character. They've been able to stand that test of what they've just gone through. And that is a light to people. That is what it means to be salt on the earth. You know, I think there's a a point where all of us have to realize that once I thought as a child, but now it's time to grow up. In fact, there's a, a verse, there has to be a verse for everything. In my mind, in Brahm's mind, we, we, we line up our lives and our belief systems and our worldview on what the scriptures say. And once again, there's a scripture for this. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11 says this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I love that. This is Paul once again writing this. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. And he's defining what it looked like to think childishly, to act childishly, to have an understanding that was childish. But then he says, but when I became a man, I put those things away. I put away childish things. All right. The ultimate destiny of painful character building is actually putting away childish things. And I've been learning this. These last few decades, I tell you what, you, you want to you learn how to become a, a man or become a woman. You want to learn how to put away childish things. You, you do what Brahma and I are doing. <laughs> you become a senior pastor. You become a pastor and put your life out there on the line. You become a parent. Just having to look after and nurture another human being. You'll learn pretty quickly whether you're thinking as a child, understanding as a child, speaking as a child. Hey, just get married and you'll start realising whether, whether you are acting like that. But there comes a point where each and every one of us have to go, no, I'm a man now. No, I'm a woman now. I'm, an, I'm an, actually an adult now and I'm going to put away childish things. You see, we all go through pruning. We all go through suffering, but we cannot be afraid of suffering. We've got to toughen up. We cannot block the pruning process that God takes us through when it's happening. And you and I will be pruned. It tells us in the Gospels that he will prune us. Why do we get pruned? So that there'll be more growth. That's what suffering looks like day in, day out. There are many opportunities for you and I to be pruned. But suffering and going through the pruning of God will bring to maturity those childish responses in each and every one of us. And that's what develops the adult character. It's amazing. You know, last week I began talking about Joseph and, 
And uh, I, I want to talk a little bit again about how, about how he had to go through a lot of suffering, and yet he kept his eyes on the goal of, of honoring God and serving God. He persevered and he endured the suffering. Why? For the testing and the proving of his character. You know, he, in, in Genesis 37, 5 to 11, you can read about how he actually experienced phenomenal jealousy, phenomenal jealousy and hatred from his very own siblings, his very own family, his older brothers who should have been protectors of this young boy. He was 17, remember, when he had those dreams and started being receiving sort of abusive uh, behavior from his older siblings. And yet they hated him. They despised him. They were so jealous of him because, number one, his father appeared to love him more than them. And then when he told them about the dreams that he had, which clearly spoke about the fact that he was going to end up leading them and his parents, they, they said, oh, we hate him even more now. They despised the purity of the call of God. And yet this guy just sort of kept coming back for more. He didn't quite realize or click. <laughs> he had such a pure heart. And... Um, it, it was, in fact, let's just read that. That's in Genesis 37. Let's just see if we've got it here. Genesis 37, verses 5 to 11. All right. It says, Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. See, there it is. He said to them, Please listen to this dream which I have had. <laughs> so innocent. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, Are you actually going to reign over us? See, can you hear the, the cynical manner and the, the disdain that they actually had for him? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now, he had still another dream and related it to his brothers and said, Lo, I have had still another dream, and behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. So this kid just kept coming back with more, even though he would have felt their disdain. I mean, you'd have to be pretty thick not to realize that they they were um, not very happy <laughs> with him and yet he kept coming back saying hey please listen to this dream I've just I've had this dream and then, hey I've actually had a second one so this kid really had such a beautiful pure heart and and yet in, in the midst of that feeling of disdain from those people around him he persevered and he endured for the testing and proving of his character why so that he would fulfill the purposes of God so he had jealousy hatred then he had the betrayal from his siblings. They threw him in a well in verse 18 of, of chapter 37. In fact, the Bible says they plotted against him. They actually plotted against him. These are his own family members. It's, it's crazy. And in the end, the result was he was sold as a slave. Someone came along, found him down the well, picked him up, sold him to uh, slave owners, and um, eventually ended up in the hands in the household of uh, the captain of the bodyguards of Pharaoh called Potiphar and he ended up in his household and he started serving this guy but then of course the story goes on that Potiphar's wife saw that this young guy was very handsome and very uh, appealing to the eyes basically and so she tempted him so here's this temptation again she tempted him and then she 
uh, when, when she couldn't get her way with him, she wanted him to, um, she wanted to have him for herself. Uh, and, uh, and yet he ran. He, he wouldn't have a bar of it because he kept his character right before God. See, he was, he was tempted by her to go and lie with her, the Bible says, but he, he kept good character. And he understood that he wanted to keep himself in a, in a place of honoring God continually. So in actual fact, in the midst of the temptation, the testing of his character was going on. As he was going through the trial of the temptation, God was testing and proving his character. And this is, this is amazing because something was strengthened within him. So then, of course, she lied about him and she got him chucked into jail. It's amazing. We'll talk about that another time. But he was tempted by her and then tested by God in the, in the tempting. But the, the amazing part of this story is that he made choices and he came out as gold on the other side. See, that's why don't be afraid to, to suffer. Toughen up, guys. You and I have to toughen ourselves. Up. We have to disciple ourselves. We have to be people who go, you know what, this new year, I'm not just going to rely on atmospheres. Like even now, we can't, still are not able to gather together in a building. We're still sorting out our venue for us as a church. But hey, you know what? The Word of God will build us. The Word of God will strengthen us. You might be lamenting, oh, I'm so tired of not getting together as a church. Well, you know what? Don't be afraid to suffer. Let's toughen ourselves up. I want to conclude with this. I want to conclude with this. I want, to be, I want us to be strengthened in the Word of God. I can hear it starting to rain, so I need to hurry up. Luke 21, 19. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. What an amazing exhortation right there. Suffer through the challenge of the impossibilities, guys. Remember, perspective is everything. Let's, let's suffer through the challenge of the impossibilities. Right now, yep, we're not gathering together as a church. Yep, we're still trying to get our, our venue sorted out. Yep, other churches might have their buildings and they're getting sorted out. We don't have that luxury. But you know what? We're going to suffer through the challenge of that impossibility. And really, that's hardly what I would call suffering. Right now, you're at home, sitting on the couch in your pyjamas, probably, or driving in the car. That is not suffering. That's not what I call suffering. So let's toughen ourselves up. Let's allow the Word of God to be our strength. Let's allow the Word of God to give us courage, integrity, and resilience through whatever season we're going through. Let's persevere through the pain of having to endure. You know, this is a little bit corny. We all have a cross to bear, not just a cross to wear. I thought that was kind of cute. Um, If we will bear the cross that we're all meant to bear, it will be the making of you and I. I can tell you that now. It will be the making of you and I. It will form you. And it produces character. Suffering uh, pressures our responses to make choices. I'll say that again. Suffering puts pressure on our responses to make good choices, to make the right choices. And this is what develops good character. James 1, 2-4 says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith, that's what it's doing, it's a test. Come on, let's, let's strengthen ourselves in our faith. The testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Wow, there it is again. At the end of endurance, at the end of the testing, at the end of that character-building test and trial that we go through, 
we are made perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Why? Because hope comes. What does it say? Endurance produces character and character produces hope. Not natural, worldly hope, godly hope. And it it just settles on the inside of you and it builds you up as a human being and it will carry you through the seasons of life. Last scripture. You ready? And then we'll pray. No matter what we're going through, remember this. God always provides a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. DMS students, this, this will be familiar to you. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, okay, so in the midst of the temptation, will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it come on you can endure you can endure he will he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able go away fly but with the temptation we'll provide the way of escape okay so that we will be able to endure it come on endurance perseverance these are the keys that get us through to good character and let's rejoice in our sufferings so once again let me finish with my title don't be afraid to suffer. No, that's tough enough. Let's be strong disciples in 2021. Amen. I love you guys. Let's just let's just end up with an awesome worship song right now. And let's sing our hearts out no matter where we are right now. Okay? I'll see you next week. Love you.